everyone. Welcome to Small Biz Tips. So I was on LinkedIn a few days ago and I came across this guy and I'm like, oh, he has a cool profile. So I started reading and I'm like, wow, he invests in business owners and startups. What? I got to have him on a podcast. So Armand, how is it going, man? How you been? It's going very well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm glad you stumbled across that profile and <laughs> I think uh, I look forward to a great conversation. Absolutely. So who is Armand, right? Uh, I'm curious, before we start on everything that, that I know you're doing, who is Armand? Well, I, I, the first thing I would say from a business sense, right, is that I'm an operator, right? I, I, I've got, okay. I, I've run and, and operated businesses for uh, over 17 years. Before right. that, my education and my experience was in investments. Okay. And so for me, in, in, in making that transition, I decided to merge the two, right? And start my own venture capital firm, which is the Paragon Group. So I'm the founder and managing partner of the Paragon Group, which is a venture capital firm that invests exclusively in ethnically diverse or mm. female founders. Okay, wow. So you were in the investment space, then you became a business operator, and now you started a VC fund. Talk to me about that. How... Right. I'm an entrepreneur as well. And I'm curious because not a lot of people talk about this. How do you even start one of those VC funds? How did you start it? <laughs> well, ask me, ask me in three to five years, if it, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I'm successful and then I'll tell you how I did it. But um, it's not an easy thing to do. Mm. And people tend to come from a variety of different backgrounds to do it. Okay. So my journey was very... Um, it was not a straight line. Mm. Uh, I, like I said, worked at Goldman Sachs, worked at SunTrust Bank in Atlanta for years. And then I bought a small construction business. That mm -hmm. was 2000, late 2006, 2007. Okay. I thought I was the smartest guy in the world. Mm -hmm. 2008, I was uh, no longer the smartest guy in the world. Oh, and, man. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. And so by 2010, 2011, uh, I was on the verge of bankruptcy. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, on the verge of bankruptcy, I lost my house. My house got foreclosed on, got put out my house, um, and really was just at a point where I was just going to go and, and and file bankruptcy and crawl off into a hole somewhere and die. Oh my and god! I went to the bankruptcy attorney's office, took my last little money out of my bank account to pay the bankruptcy attorney. I uh, drove to the office and got in the parking lot, got ready to get out my truck, and just man, I couldn't move. I was completely paralyzed. Just, I sat there for an hour, just hands at 10 and two, just stared out the windshield. I'm sure people that walked by just was like, what is that guy sitting in that truck doing? And after an hour or so, I, I just, I decided that the reason why I can't move is because I'm not supposed to be here. Mm. And so I, I drove back home and vowed to figure it out. And I made some, some real changes in my business. I, I went against the grain. Everybody was laying people off. Yeah. Uh, I didn't lay anybody off. Instead, what I did was I told my employees, now you guys are all individual business owners up under my business. So if you create savings for me, I'll share that with you, share those savings with you. If you create additional revenue opportunities for the business, I'll share that revenue with you. And wow. we came out of the business, out of the recession stronger than we went into it. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, I, you know, I wanted to merge that experience and that yeah. knowledge that I gained from that with my prior investment experience. And so for me, 
venture capital was like a natural segue, but I didn't come up working for venture capital firms and doing deals and doing things in that way. So I got so many questions, right? That's Um, why I told you, that's why I told you 15, 20 minutes ago, go get it. (laughs) (laughs) Might have to have a part two. (laughs) So let's go back. Um, I want to go back to when you gave your last bit of money to the bankruptcy attorney and you were in your car what was going on in your mind at that time? Man, I, listen, I, I had all of the thoughts that you can imagine that go through that goes through a person's mind in those moments. Mm. Uh, everything from uh, not feeling worthy, uh, not feeling uh, not feeling like my time or my effort was worthwhile, uh, all the way down to suicidal thoughts. Wow. At those moments, um, you, you feel like you're a burden on your family. You feel like nothing that you do, no matter how hard you try, yeah. is working out. And so part of the reason why I started my the VC firm is because I want to help the founders, uh, especially founders that look like you and me, yeah. to really understand that those thoughts, it, it's okay, right? And that you are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose, and you have a gift that nobody else has. And so that's really my approach in working with founders is really trying to help them to realize their own greatness and unlock their own greatness. That's that's within them. Because for me in that moment, I didn't have, um, there was no venture capitalist that was saying these things to yeah. me, right? I, I managed uh, to find my way through and find my way out of it. But I definitely think that it's it's incumbent upon me to pay that forward. So let's fast forward. You talk to the team. Hey, you guys are your individual business owners. Did any of them said, I'm out of here. Sorry, that's not me or okay. Well, you know, construction by its nature is very entrepreneurial because it has, it tends to have low barrier to entry. And so everybody kind of feels like they're their own business anyway. Right. And yeah. going on the days, you know, early 19, 1900s, you would hire a general contractor and he would have an electrician in house and he would have mm-hmm. carpenters and concrete guys and all those. They would all be employees like W2 employees. They would work for yeah. But construction has changed in that way that nobody nobody really does that anymore. So everybody's a 1099. Gotcha. So and so so they all kind of thought of themselves kind of in that way. But because I was providing all of the sources of the work, then mm. they all kind of work for me. But I said, no, we need to shift this and I need to empower you more. So this is how we're going to be able to, even if we aren't making the kind of revenue that we made before the recession, before the housing crisis, right? Mm-hmm. We can still, everybody working together, pulling in the same direction can make enough. And yeah, there were plenty of times where after everybody else got paid, I did there was nothing left for me. But yeah. that's a part of being a business owner, right? That's a part of being the entrepreneur. Yeah, it's part of the process. Yeah. So fast forward, um, you got things turned around, you start building it up. And when did you said, okay, I need to start this VC fund. I need to, I need to start investing in startups and entrepreneurs. Like when did that happen? Like when did that click? I would say that it probably clicked for me in late 2019, early 2020. Um, And then when the pandemic hit and construction was crushed again, right? Was killed (laughs) killed again, right? Um, I really started to do some work where I would do some consulting for people that were looking Mm -hmm. to buy businesses. I would do 
some of some and, and kind of and, and I realized that it was my way of approaching uh and working with founders was pretty unique. And so from there, I started kind of the process of okay, wanting to formalize right yeah. my work. And so I ended up, you know, that takes a while. People anybody would tell you you can't just decide to go down and, and get a business license and have a VC firm. So it take it takes a it takes a while. And so I actually launched and uh launched the the firm last year and uh, you know did a did a couple of deals i wanted to do a couple of deals out of the gate because uh because i didn't come from a traditional background so i wasn't able to just immediately launch the launch the firm and say hey here's my track record this is why i launched the firm and so i did a couple of deals uh last year uh and then from there now still now i'm in the process of raising capital and uh, to deploy and, and getting all this stuff done all oh, of that other stuff the those first couple of deals you did did mm-hmm. you use your own money or did you yeah. have investors? Okay. yeah yep 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 put my own put my own money up and that i mean that's a big part of what you got to do right yeah. you know there's an expectation that you've got to get in the game um as well and so it's not something that is one for the faint of heart because you don't really know what you get and be and venture capital, although it's quote unquote, it's kind of a sexy thing to do, a sexy yeah. thing to be. People don't realize it's not it's not flipping houses, right? You don't <laughs> and invest in a business, uh, and six months later, I'm getting you know a a, a significant return. These are long term investments. Mm-hmm. This is you know I'm investing in pre seed seed stage businesses, so I'm not anticipating to get a return for three to five years, at least sometimes even longer than that. Mm. And that might just be the first investment. They're probably going to need more capital as they grow. So well, and that's true because if they need more capital, then you 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 tend to hold some of your capital back for potential follow-on. Yeah. But the companies that are going to get the follow-on are the ones that are really doing well, right? So I've invested in you at seed stage, mm-hmm. and you've gone and you've done very well. You've you've taken my advice, you've heeded my advice, and you're growing very well. And then you get to where you need a Series A round. Then we can come in and we can follow on from there. But no, but fewer companies will qualify for the follow on round just because mm-hmm. you invest in the pre-seed or the seed stage doesn't mean that you would then invest in in, in the follow on round. Gotcha. So uh, let, let's go back a little bit, right? Because you mentioned something earlier about um, getting a license to start a VC fund is not easy. Like, what's that process look like? Do you need to, one, first set up your LLC, second, go to, like, the SEC? Like, kind of mm. give us, what, what are the steps to to actually start that process? Well, there is no license um, okay. because you're doing private deals. And so it's not a, like, you need a, like, a Series 7, like, securities license okay. in, that, in, in that sense. Um, there are many, many different ways that people end up setting up their firms. I'm gotcha. actually, uh, I've actually gotten into a very, a very good uh, accelerator for venture capital, venture huh. capital firms. That's really about showing you and teaching you the correct process, the most efficient process to actually set up and launch your, um, and launch your fund. And so, one of the things that they say is the main thing that you need to do is perfect your thesis, right? Mm. And then once you've perfected your investment thesis, then you go in, in terms of getting your deals lined up and then also getting LPs. They actually, they actually recommend that 
hiring attorneys and getting all that stuff done comes much later in the process. Really? And so I, that's a tremendous lesson that I learned uh, the hard way because I did immediately jumped out there and went and got and spent money <laughs> getting documents drawn up and all those things. But you learn as you go. And, you know, that was certainly something that I did that I should have been able to, I should have gone and done it the the, the other way around. So uh, investment thesis, right? Like let's, let's say, cause we have business owners listening to this that has no sure. idea what investment thesis or what LPs or one, what is investment thesis? And okay. two, what's an LP? So I'll do, do an LP first, uh, okay. the LP and GP first. Those are, that, that, those are shorter. Um, mm -hmm. The L LP is simply a limited partner, and those are the people. Those are your investors, the people that invest in your in, in your fund. GP okay. is typically what you are. You're the manager. Gotcha. You're the gen the general partner, and okay. so uh, you actually run and manage the fund, and you get paid a fee. You get uh, an annual fee uh, for your work in managing the fund, and then you get a percentage of the profits that you generate uh, from gotcha. from running the fund. So that's okay. the LPGP thing. The thesis is just like if you're going to write, if you're going to get your master's degree and you have to write a thesis from that uh -huh. perspective, it, 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 it's basically, this is why I invest. This is my, this is my thought process gotcha. in terms of why what I invest in will, will work and will provide superior returns. So that, that's, okay. that's what your thesis is. So I, my next question, um, because you have entrepreneurs and startups listening to this and be like, huh, I wonder what's the, what's like, how much would he invest in my company? So mm -hmm. my question to you is one, how do you determine this is a mm -hmm. person and a company you want to invest in? Like what's your criteria when it comes to investing? Well, I think for, for me, I, I I take a different approach. Again, I, I lead with the empathy of a founder because I've been there, right? Yeah. And so most investors will typically start out at a no. It's a no immediately, right? And then you have to drag them to yes. I actually take the opposite approach. You have a business you're very passionate about, you love it. My answer is yes, absolutely. I would love to invest in your business. And then I let the information that I gather drag me to no. Gotcha. Right? And so is the business a scalable business, uh -huh. right? Is it a, because some businesses you have some, Sometimes you have a good business, but it's just not a VC fundable business because mm. as a VC, I need to make a certain X amount of returns, right? Yeah. Because I, I work for my LPs. Yeah. And so you may have a good business. You may have, for example, you have a barbershop that's been run very well. And maybe you want to open up two or three, four more locations, right? And that could be a fantastic business model and a great business plan. But yeah. that doesn't mean that you need to have venture capital money. Because if you have venture capital money, I need you to open a thousand more locations. Gotcha. It's how fast and how scalable is that? Right. Boom, that's was it the hockey growth? That's what you're that's looking right. That's okay. right. That's right. The J curve. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so <laughs> the next question, right? As you grow this, and, and uh, because a lot of people see VCs as being super sexy. What what has been some of the challenges that you've gone through as a VC? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that the perception that it's a super sexy thing is actually a challenge, right? <laughs> because people think, oh, well, you know, you're a VC and you have, you know, you must have this money, you must have all this capital, you must, 
speed. You know, doing this, you must you, you live this great life. We see these VCs on TV, and they live this great <laughs> life, and they you know they make all this money. But the truth is, it, it, all of that is there and it's yeah. possible. But you don't get that overnight, and you really don't get that in your first fund. Mm. You really have to be fund three, four, five before you really are starting to do that and, and be able to do that. And so that's a, that's actually a huge challenge, the misperception of what it actually means to be wow. a VC. Secondly, being a being a black VC, a black male male VC at that, yeah. um, it, it's just it, it's it's a challenge in and of itself. We are woefully underrepresented as you can imagine mm-hmm. in the industry and there's a direct correlation between the lack of uh of ethnically diverse fund managers and the lack of funding for ethnically diverse founders mm. and Let's so talk about that some more because uh, i think there, uh, people don't know some of these stats right like how many minority business owners actually get vc funding from from oh very few so yeah, very few, very that. few. I I I believe, and and I, I'm not. I, I may not. Don't hold me to this exactly, but I believe that the number is less than four percent. Wow. Of, of all venture capital funding goes to uh, goes to ethnically diverse uh, founders or fund managers. Which is like I, what? That's what you focused on. That's exactly what I focus on, and for me. This is a uh, this is a logical thing, right? Because it's it, yes, there's a social reason, there's a social yeah. and an emotional reason to invest in diverse, underrepresented founders. But I also think that there's a strong business case to do so. I think that as an investor, your whole goal as an investor is to find areas mm-hmm. that are underrepresented, that are undervalued, where your dollar in that area goes further than your dollar in other areas, right? Mm. And so for me, this is natural because this is the case with underrepresented founders. I can take a white man that yeah. runs a business, a black woman that runs a business that does the same thing, has same revenue, same profit margins, same ARR, mm-hmm. and the the market will value the black woman's business at as a at a lower a lower valuation, right? Wow. And so for me, this is this is like, well, then why would I invest in him in the white man as opposed to the black woman? I can invest in the black woman. Her business is already undervalued, even though it is doing the same as what the white man is. And then I would bet on the black woman to outwork, outsmart, out intel, uh, you know, the, the white man any any time of day. I'm always gonna bet on the black woman, right? <laughs> and so I I think that for me, this is a logical conclusion to come to and i think that it's actually one that is um overlooked within the community and that creates an opportunity for investors like me to come in and make above market returns i love it i love it now uh, oh man i got so many more questions but yeah man keep it coming keep it coming (laughs) no this is good man this is really good so i'm curious um when well like right now you have a few companies that you're invested in Talk about, uh, I know you may not be able to talk about the actual company, but uh, yeah. tell, tell us more about, you know, how do you go about working? Because I remember you and I had a conversation. You said, hey, you're not like any typical VC and just give money and wait. And you kind of like, yeah. you really get with the entrepreneurs. Tell us more about that. And why is that important? 
Well, I, you know, I'm very hands-on as a as an investor because of my experience as a as an operator, right? As a founder, yeah. so I, I'm not a person that just writes would just write a check and say call yeah. me every three months with an update. You know, no, I'm I, I'm actually going to get involved in terms of not just formulating the growth strategy for the business, but also executing that strategy. And gotcha. so, yeah, I've sit on sales calls with founders to help close a, a, a big contract. I've sit on investor calls with founders and help them to close uh, additional investors. Uh, I help uh, one of my portfolio companies to find and hire so hire an employee That's to amazing. work in, in an area. So I, I'm my specialties are right in strategy uh, and sales and psychology, but. I will help wherever I can in terms of helping you to grow the business. Now, that's the first prong of it. Mm -hmm. The second prong is I'm also focused on you as the founder. Okay. So we can talk about, you know, EBITDA. We can talk about ARR. We can talk about all of those things. I have the background. I understand those things that we can do that. But the thing is, when you're talking about early stage businesses, pre-CC yeah. stage businesses, on paper, a lot of the businesses look the, look the same. There's limited data, historical yeah. data, because these businesses are very old, right? Mm -hmm. And so they, when you start looking at the numbers on a spreadsheet, they all look they all look very similar. But what doesn't look similar are the founders. Mm. So you're investing so in people. I'm investing in the person. I'm very founder-driven, I'm people-driven. And so what I'm focused on is helping you as a founder to become the best possible version of you. Have you dealt with your childhood traumas? Mm, whoa. <laughs> have, you with, have you dealt with your imposter syndrome? Whoa. Have you overcome your survivor's remorse? Right. These are the things that our founders, particularly our diverse founders, our female yeah. founders, that they deal with. And these are the things that hold you back. It's not that... Sometimes you just don't have a VC fundable business, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times what it actually is, is that you can't get out of your own way, right? Wow. And we have to we have to get into it and really figure out how to combat those negative thoughts, how to challenge those negative thoughts when they pop in your head, when you've got on the cusp of getting this huge contract and just yeah. for some reason, you decide that you just can't get out of bed for three days and you don't understand why. Right? Yeah. I yeah know no, you, I and I know it. you've had those conversations, right? I know you've heard those people that have talked about this thing. So we've got to get to the bottom of that, right? And we've got to overcome that because my thought process is if I can get you to function as the best possible version of yourself, then the best possible version of your business will follow. I love it. I love it. So to wrap things up, and we're going to definitely have a part two with you, <laughs> right, is um, what is that small best tips you will share with any entrepreneurs out there who may be looking for investors to invest in their business? Uh, what is that one tip you think that can benefit them as an investor yourself? Well, if you're looking from the perspective, if you're looking for investors for your business, okay, um, one, like I said, just because you don't have a VC fundable business, uh, we're not saying that your business is not is not legitimate or that your yeah. business can't be successful, but there's certain things that have your business has to be able to do in order to get VC money. There are other investors and other ways that you can get investment uh, that can help you along that along the other path, right? 
from a VC yeah. perspective, you need to have thought about the end when you come to me. You okay. know, we over the past 10 years, we've had a lot of emphasis, particularly in the venture capital space, on valuation. And so it's like, well, I invested in this business, and this business was worth $10 million. And a year later, this business is now worth $20 million. And so now I've got $10 million in profit, basically, on my investment. But that's on paper. And they said, mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't eat your IRR, your total rate of return. You can't eat your paper profits. So at the end of the day, you're going to actually have to produce cash, right? Yeah. And so you're only going to be able to do that really one of two ways. You either need to sell your company or you're going to go public, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you come to me, you ask me for, you know, a million dollars to invest in your company, you need to have already thought about how you're going to exit the business. Mm. Some people don't even want to exit the business. Some people are just like, this business is my baby and I'm going to run this business for 30 years. That's fantastic and wonderful. You can make a ton of money doing that, but you can't have my VC money if you've been you. in business yeah. for 30 years. So you have to have already thought about, so who's your buyer, right? What kind yeah. of company is looking to acquire companies like yours, okay? Now that you've identified a couple of those, have they bought companies like yours in the past? If they have, what did they pay for them? What kind of multiple are they paying? Wow. In terms of multiple in the revenue are they paying, right? Because if you know that this company is my buyer and this company pays a 10X multiple on revenue when they acquire businesses, well, now you know where you need to be in order to get the number to get acquired by the company, right? Yeah. And now you have to have, for me, a plan on how you're going to get there in five years. Because once you take the VC money, the clock starts ticking. You don't have mm -hmm. 10, 15 years to get me my money back. I love so it. You got to have a plan on how you're going to get to that buyer and hit that target revenue number within five years. And I understand as an investor that, look, it's not going to go exactly like you planned. Right. Yeah. But I need to see that you thought about it. I love it. The exit plan with the VC investor. You got to have it. <laughs> got to have it. Oh, man, man. This was amazing, brother. I thank you for coming. How do people get in touch with you if they want to do work with you or have you invest in a business? How do they reach you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. As they find, people find me just like how you found me, just Ar Armand Davis on, on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Armand Davis, Instagram, uh, I, at I am Armand. And so you know, I love it. The, easiest ways to get, to get get in touch with me guys if you enjoyed this episode you got some amazing gem from Armand. please reach out to him connect with him thank you again for jumping on man no hey, man it's my pleasure uh i enjoyed it very much and yeah like i said i look forward to part two i knew i told you we were going to need to do a part two <laughs>